This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. How you doing, Jason Glick? Okay, I'm just doing just fine, John. It's like finally beaten down my backlist for for a while, but uh, it's only going to get worse once Comic-Con rolls around. Hey, if you didn't have a backlist, I mean, what would you do? <laughs> I'd probably start, you know, rereading stuff that I've meant to reread for a while. <laughs> yeah, in fact, that's that's going to be that's going to be the subject of the uh, podcast after this one, um rereading stuff, but um for this one, um I'm actually going to talk about just like two series that are finding their way back from an awful awful crossover. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, title of this basically the two series I'm talking about right now are DC's um Animal Man and Swamp Thing. Now, a series with with a um, pretty storied history in the DC universe, um, back back in the old days that we like to call the eighties. I mean, um, Alan Moore's um, run on Swamp Thing basically kind of like like defined um, mature readers um, like com- um, superhero comics, and then and Grant Morrison's um, take on Animal Man basically showed how a um, dramatically different take on a it's like on a D list character could actually make him into like a vi- like a viable cult hero. Um, both of these series, um, like have like have some great have some big mind share, and they they basically they mean something. I mean, whenever you say something, say something in Ellen, you'll immediately think of Alan Moore and and um, Grant Morrison's run on these respective titles. Or you know, it's like may also think think about of Rick Rick Veach's Rick Veach's um like follow ups on Swamp Thing or Mark Miller's um take close out the um first volume of the series, or even Brian Vaughn's run that um. They basically um, had folks on um, Swamp Thing's daughter, and um, Animal Man. Well, okay, he kind of um, he, he's been kind of languishing ever since Grant, Grant Morrison. But I'm, I've ordered the first volume of Jimmy Delano's run, so, um, that um, so, that was several writers after Grant Morrison. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, DC decided to um, give both of these um, characters their own titles again. It's like after. It's like in. It's like in. That's uh, part of the new fifty-two. Now, uh, now Swamp Thing um, had had a stellar launch team of see of Scott Scott Snyder and Yannick Paquette, and um, there, and expectations were high. But um, I only had a, had a lesser um, um, team in the form of um, like indie writer um, Jeff Jeff Lemire and artist Travel Foreman. Now. They were, now, even though like Lemire had gotten some some traction with his take on Superboy, it's like he was still an unproven um, unproven writer at this point. And Snyder, well, he was still coming off like a really well received um, run on Detective Comics that basically got him um, Bat- Batman, and he also had his um, had American Vampire backing up his credentials as well. Still, uh, once once the New Fifty Two hit, both titles emerged as um, as critic as critical and fan favorites. Um, I I really did like um, uh, Lemire's um, Animal Man in since it was a, a great is a, a cool twisted um, take like um, take on the character in the sense that he was yeah he had the he had Buddy Baker still a family man hero um still had um, animal um, powers that um, the power of being able to um, take any animal powers of any animal from that he could think of but at the same time you know he was also now um, the avatar of this of this thing called the Red, which basically represented all all organic life on Earth, and um, it turns out that he was just that that he wasn't you know just it's that that he, he that he was um his main job though was basically to um safeguard his daughter 
who's also going to be the uh, like the real leader of the red once it's like once she, once she came of age. Now Swamp Thing, on the other hand, was the leader of the green, uh, the Avatar of the Green, basically uh, the the hero of all plant, the Avatar of all plant life. And um, you had um, Alec Holland, you know, basically um, finally the way the New Fifty Two started was kind of weird in the sense that you know Alec had already um divested himself of being Swamp Thing. And um, now had had to face the road the road back and realizing that hey you know I actually want to be something again. So um, Lemire's some take was was like was more interesting in the sense he got like, some good traction out of like putting the putting the, the the family man superhero through through a series of horror horror inspired approaches with with um, his clashes against the rot, which is the for, which represented um decay in the world. Now you had this balance between like the green, the red, and the rot all keeping themselves in check. With the threat that the rot was going to overwhelm them all. Now, um, well, Snyder's take was all right in the sense that he was just felt like he was just saying one set of tropes for another with Swamp, Swamp Thing. Um, the, both series were essentially telling um, two sides of the same same story, like we're approaching like the this like elemental battle from one from two different directions, and um, it was all and it all culminated in um, this crossover called Rot World, which is basically which is basically a uh, a, it was basically kind of like an Age of Apocalypse style tor- story for the for the for the DC universe in the sense that you know like we found out that Animal Man and Swamp Thing both screwed up in um, protecting the world from from the Rot's avatar um, Swamp Thing's foe Anton Arcane, and it turns out that you know the world has been in the future because they failed has basically been like taken over by the forces of like of of decay and evil. So you've got like. Z- Characters like Zombie Superman and Evil Batman. It's like I'm um, fighting, 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 uh, fighting our heroes. And uh, if you've read read my post on this, if you remember them, then you'll know that I thought this crossover sucked. It was it basically just felt like a uh, like a boring, straightforward like oh hey here like here's our heroes. We're um it's like we're, we're basically like I'm putting them like I said we're putting them into this um crossover where, like they're it's like where the odds are stacked, odds are stacked against them at every step of the step of the step of the way, and um, it's like, and even when they succeed, you know, the bad guys still have the still have oh no wait, but I've got this. It's like, um, type, it's like that people, and, it, and it's just, just it just felt just really ridiculous in the sense that you've got like all this, like, like everything was just so dark and evil, and it was just really, and it was ultimately boring as well. It's like I was. Thoroughly disappointed with this, and um, and at the very end though, um, while I will concede that um, Snyder um did manage a solid finish to um his Swamp Thing run, um with, um, particularly with how how um something and um and his girlfriend um Ab um Abigail um how they how they wound up with their, in their respective roles, um Jeff Lemire essentially broke um Animal Man's appeal as far as I was concerned. In the sense that um, uh, Cliff, that uh, his son Cliff, um, was killed, like in the like, it's like in the main timeline as well. So, you know, you've got, and then um, then his wife leaves him and takes his daughter, and you've got, and you've got, let's see, I'm an old man, like all alone, his family man appeal broke. So I'm, so I'm just thinking, like, God, this sucks, man. What, like, where the hell can you go from here? So, but you know, like. You know, Chant, I'd like I'd like to say that if I wasn't um, playing on a, on a podcast about you know finding, tracing these series as they're coming back, 
from from this awful crossover. Um, I wouldn't be buying buying them, but you know, I probably would have bought them anyway. But this at least allows me to be productive about um, giving in to my um, like um, completest impulse. And to be honest, I will say that at least both series manage at least manage an uptick as well. So at least specifically with Animal Man, because I mean, in Grant Morrison's run, in, I've said this, I talked about this briefly on the on the blog before, but um, Morrison pulled off a really um, horrifying um, twist about two thirds of the way in on his run that you would that that um, that would you that would um, theoretically um, you know be even more of a break the character's appeal even more. But in the end, it turned out he wound up. Um, Doing pulling a literal Deus Ex Machina to get Buddy's family back together again. With um, Animal Man and specifically Volume Four Splinter Species, it seems that um, that um, bringing Cliff back may actually be part of the plan for Lem- for what Lemire is doing here. In the sense that he's that yes, the yeah Cliff is 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 he is dead to be sure. But it looks like um, this latter like the last couple volumes in. In Lemire's run are going to involve around, you know, both bringing um, Cliff back and maybe even um, bringing um, Buddy's family back back together with his family, which I certainly hope. But still, as for the volume itself, it starts off in a uh, on an interesting flashback, um, illustrated by Travel Foreman, who brings his um, like creep these creepy horror sensibilities um, to, like to bear here, and it shows you like a, a story about um, Bud that um. Shows you Buddy in the in the present day just despondent over Cliff's death, and then um, solely uh, then then I'm seeing a spider and re- and um, as he um, as he beats down a uh, tabloid um, tabloid a rack of tabloids saying that um, Animal Man's um, death of his son was a hoax, but then he sees a spider. And he's reminded of a uh, of a case from his earlier days that where um, his back when his wife was pregnant and um, Cliff was still was was still like a boy in element elementary school and uh, while animal man like he's fighting this evil guy named Biowolf, then he realizes oh i've got to get back and um get saying get dinner for say and get get pick up cliff and um get dinner for everyone and you get some nice moments with with cliff i mean i'm sorry buddy bonding with with cliff picking up from school and then flying away and um then they um find out that there's all these uh there's a spider web in in town and the cops need some help tracking it down to find out who's um taking who sets this up, and turns out there's a spider, spider creature that's um setting setting webs so they can eat the dreams of people. So okay, so so Cliff, so sorry, Buddy um tracks down this tracks down the spider, um makes a deal with her to um go away, um go away and like live off of um you know animals, and they're seeing their dreams and um leave humans alone, and so. And um, and he also makes a deal with Cliff. You know, hey, you know, we're going into like because as as Buddy is doing this, um, his wife goes into labor. So he, so he, so he's able to save his son and get back in time to to um to like see his see his daughter, his new daughter get born. So that's that's cool. And then you and then the um, main, then you get the uh, the uh, final time which has some bit of closure when you've got um. Like Buddy, like um, meeting up with the Spider Lady again to find out to get the one thing that he needs, um, in the wake of Cliff's death. It's a it's a good story that basically uh, tell, basically um, yeah, it gives you a nice bit of closure or at least um cho- shows you how much Cliff meant meant to Buddy and show it's like, and Rick really um hits home 
sells his sells the impact of his death um, really better than the um, the wake of Rot World did, since it felt like kind of an arbitrary um, drama drama grabber. So that was so, that, so kudos to uh, to Lemire and Foreman for that. But then you've got the uh, main story of this volume, which um, picks up with um, Buddy um, finding out that um, you know e- even as he's still still dep- despondent over Cliff's death, turns out he's got other things to contend with. He's been nominated for an Academy Award. It's like because his um, his indie superhero film that he starred in, um, called Tights, which we get the second half of um, in the first of the um, regular series issues collected here. Um, it's like it's been, it's like it's like Academy Award season has happened, and now um, Cliff and now Buddy is, it's like having to deal with you know deal with the press and also like deal with like being a regular, being an animal themed superhero and. In, in like in like in all this chaos, so I mean, he tries to go out and uh, just just do some just do some regular superheroing by finding some lost lost animals, and it leads him straight into the um, cult of the splinter species or humans who basically um transplanted who basically um sewn grafted animal parts onto their bodies in order to be closer to like um closer to the animal kingdom, and and so and so, but he gets. So Buddy gets kidnapped. His blood gets drained because it's all in service of a um, of a new ver- of a reintroduction of an of an old DC supervillain in order to um hit you know, for his plan to take over the Red. Uh, but what about um, Buddy's um, daughter Maxine, who is meant to be the uh, leader of the Red when she comes of age? Well, she's she's busy um, exploring the Red and um, trying to find a, find a way to get Cliff um, back into it's like get Cliff's soul back into his body, and so that's. So you've got the uh, got her que- personal quests going on right there, and you know it 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 may turn out to be nothing, but at the same time, I still want to see her succeed. I still hope that she succeeds, if only so we can get um, like get the whole family animal man family dynamic back back in, in into check, especially since you know like um um, um buddy's wife taking um her his daughter away from away from him just seems. Dumb because you know it's it was made abundantly clear in the previous homes that yes she is going to be a she does have these special abilities she is going to be a superhero but you know she still but but he still wants to like take her away from all this craziness and you know that's just not gonna happen and it just feels like oh we've seen this we've seen this arc before and Lemire is just kind of conforming conforming it to just for to it for added drama and even though like this so there. There is there is some good stuff here. Like I like the like um, buddy's fight, buddy's um, conf- buddy's fights against the slender species are say, say are pretty interesting and disturbing. But also um, Maxine's um, like quest for quest for Cliff is more heartfelt, and that and it certainly works. But still, and the, and there's also a nice conflict set up with this new um, supervillain and um, and his plot to take over the the red. So I'm so. Even though like it's not perfect, uh, I will say that that um, Animal Man does make a decent comeback um, from the it's like 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 from the uh, depths of that it, that it ended in the Rock World cross- crossover, especially. And I'm also um, inclined to conti- keep continuing mainly because hey, Volume Five is the last volume because um, Lemire basically said, yeah, hey, uh, I think that's, I'm pretty much done with the story I'm telling here, so that's it. And also. Also, because you know sales in the series have basically crashed um, since Rot World. In fact, Rot World was the rare crossover that left series in worse condition, while it, sales-wise, while it was running. So 
there you go. Anyway, but you know, as far as um, that's Alien, but what about Swamp Thing? I mean, Swamp Thing uh, has to do with a whole new creative team in the sense that it has now has writer Charles Soule and um, artist Kano taking over from um, Scott Scott Snyder and Yannick Paquette. Now, Soul is a is a writer who has been um, working on a who's been has been an astonishing workload over the past couple of years between Marvel and DC. I mean, it's like he's been he he's been writing almost at the same time, um, like Swamp Thing, Red Lanterns, um, super, super, um, Bat, Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, um, Thunderbolts, um, She Hulk. And and he's also doing the upcoming Death of Wolverine, and he's probably written a couple other series that I'm oh, and Letter Forty Four for Oni, but um, and I'm probably maybe one or two series that I'm forgetting right now. But the point is, man has 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 um has picked up an astonishing workload, and you worry that you know, hey, with all the stuff that he's been writing, I mean, like you know, is the is he just you know really good at being punctual and um and on time, or or is he just like like the flavor of the month, kind of like this, like this generation's Chuck Austin, who um, wrote like so many titles before everyone realized he was utter shit, and then never gave him any work again. Well, the answer, like all things, kind of lies somewhere in the middle because I liked um, um, Volume Four Swamp Thing, subtitled Cedar, but it didn't it didn't blow me away in the sense that I I read this and I I read it and I didn't think that you know sold does a good job in getting the. Uh, in establishing a new um like um plant um I see a plant versus man dynamic in in, in Swamp Thing in the sense that you know he's he's having to struggle against you know just just do just um succumbing to what the um what the the green wants and the green wants is to grow all over the world but at the same time you know he just like you know he's still Alec Holland like a guy who became a plant and now he has to um deal with you know balancing um you know his Impulses of like his human side versus the versus the people who empower him in the green, and it starts off with um, him finding this this uh, rainforest in the middle of the desert that was created by someone who was called the Cedar, who, someone who can draw on the power of the green and just make wondrous things happen, but the expense of bad things happening somewhere else because as he's drawing on more than the green c- can give, so now um, he has. So now he's basically going to throw, up, throw nature all out of whack. Now, as a result of like you know Swamp Thing just trying trying to figure out what to do, it leads him to to places like Metropolis. Um, um, when, when winding up and he winds up he winds up coming to one of Scarecrow's um, specialized fear toxins. Then Superman shows up to save the day or get him get him back get back inside his head. And we also get a new um, character, um, Capuchin, who is a um, a fearsome female fighter who invokes a uh, form of sanctuary that the see that that um one of Swamp Thing's predecessors established um, ages ago. That's see that that's kind of interesting in the sense that you get a sense of like history with like with the with the Swamp Thing and it even and Soul even ties it into the the modern day threat threat as well. Once the uh, once Swamp Thing's predecessor um, decomposes before his before his very eyes, so. And then you've also got um, Swamp. You also got him. Let's see. Uh, traveling to Scotland to uh, deal with a town that has also been visited by Cedar and has been given a great whiskey tree. Oh, and also visit. And also, it's also been visited by John Constantine as well. 
Now, Swamp Thing and Constantine have a unique relationship in comics in the sense that Constantine um, debuted in Swamp Thing's title. He was created by Alan Moore, after all, and went on to for a very lengthy run that almost doubled the, the uh, issues of Swamp Thing that Swamp Thing's original series um, had. So, so it's so it's interesting to see them like show up here, and while they've got this, um, you know, like antag like um, like frenemy relationship to them. Because like um, because while Swamp Thing ha- has his like you know, mystical duties, um, constant, one of constant these things is he's always about cutting through mystical bullshit. Still though, um, we get a night interesting villainous take on Constantine here that actually feels pretty uh like pretty consistent with what pretty consistent with his character as is satisfied by the Vertigo series, even though he's you know back in DC DC universe now. So and. And then you got like, because even though like um, Cedar shows up and gives this um, old Scottish whiskey town, um, the, like they're like uh, a tree that grows whiskey. Well, it turns out that this whiskey, it's kind of, it's kind of like the bad stuff. So, so it's, so you've got um, something trying to um, outwit both Constantine and the people of the town in order for, take in order to survive. And the series, and then then the volume um, wraps up with what is probably one of its um, stronger issues, and probably what has my favorite moment in it, in the sense that it's the uh, Villains Month issue that focuses on Anton Arcane, and because of what he did, what he's done in the in the World crossover, um, Anton Arcane is in hell. Thing is, Anton Arcane's hell is a lot different than what than than um, what we th- what our hell would be because. As someone who loves rot and decay, he is in a great big um, field, full of full of like um, life, springtime at its best. And even as he grabs the bunny that's passing by him, rips it apart, and stares at it to watch decay. As soon as he diverts his eyes, the bunny, it's all better, better again. Arcane is stuck in a world without any rot and decay, and it and I just love seeing him suffer there. Of course. You know, because he's arcane, he can't stay there forever. And um, Abigail shows up, and um, essentially she she serves as the vehicle to which he's going to um, get back in the game. But still, seeing Arcane suffer here um, was was beautiful, and it's something that he has had coming for a long, long time. So I love that part. Nothing in the, the book really matches that that sense of cleverness or joy, or gave me that sense of joy from seeing like seeing right here, but. But it's still a solid, solid enough read. I mean, it's like um, Soul. Soul has a good, ha- good handle on the character with interesting direction. The art's art's solid with um, between Kano and and Jesus size who does the Villains Month issue. So, I mean, it's like if you, I don't know, it's like if <sighs> it's not, I don't know, it's it's not like like you know the best thing in the world. But you know, if you if you're thinking it's if you read if you read um, Snyder's run and think, oh no, no one's going to be able to top this, then um, yeah, you may have an issue with here. But if you, but if but if you thought Snyder's run run wasn't like wasn't bad, then um, this one it's a decent enough continu- continuation of it. I mean, I don't know. It's like I I certainly don't regret buying it. I mean, I I can't muster up a whole lot of like genuine excitement or like you know like um verve that you know the, hey this represents like um this Charles Soul guy he's the next. Like he's on like the next big thing in comics, but you know, they the guy can at least guy can at least write a decent decent comic book series, so that's 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 a plus right there. So overall, 
Um, Animal Man and Swamp Thing manage to dig themselves out of their um, rock world holes, and um, that's you know, that, that's an impressive that's an impressive achievement in it in and of itself. So, I mean, I'll probably continue to buy Swamp Thing just to see if there's still an upward trend. And plus, I don't know. So I, I will admit I am kind of interested in seeing what's going to happen when um, Swamp Thing comes face to face with the Cedar himself. And uh, Animal Man, hey, you know, only one more one volume left. So hey, might as well just stick around to see how it ends. All right. Okay, so so John, um, I don't know. It's like any any thoughts on this from from your end? I don't know, but when you describe them uh, being in the world where there's no decay and ripping the bunny or a rabbit apart, that really was quite a visual <laughs> kind of a thing. I yes. was going like, wow, that's impressive, actually. So yeah, like I said, it's it's a it's a really clever clever one. It's I imagine that this, it strikes me as something that that Soul had probably wanted to write um, since. When he came onto the series, but um, like I said, it's it's the most distinctive um, moment in the entire volume. Yeah, I can tell. I can kind of tell why. So, um, <laughs> all right. Well, then, um, as you've already kind of revealed what you are going to be talking about next time, I don't think we need to review that. But um, hey, um, that will be uh, well anticipated by our audience, I'm sure. Yeah, indeed, and it also means I got it's like a lot more stuff to reread. Um, this coming in these coming weeks than um, than before because this week was easy because I just had two volumes to read. Now I've got oh I think like ten or so. So we'll see how that goes. All right, and we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right, bye bye. <laughs>